It's Thursday, the 11th of February. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Hey, mate. How are you? Mate, I'm good. I'm a little bit tired, but at work, work, work. You know, I've just got to stay up and watch tennis and watch cricket and everything. It's, it's a tough job, this, mate. You are a phenomenal performer. There's little question of that. We've got a huge show on the way. Jaslyn Hewitt to talk us through all the tennis. It hasn't been great. And drama, drama, drama at Collingwood. AFL champion Corey McKernan will unstitch that. Let's go. All right, let's start talking. Nick Kyrgios, Shane, I know you watched it like I did. It had it all, didn't he? Code violation for the ball. Not happy with the technology. Broke a racket, but just superb, wasn't he? He was superb. Yeah, he hung in there, and um, he, he's, a, he's a really interesting guy to watch, and uh, I'm assuming he would be a really hard guy to play against. Just with his body language, you think he's down and out, and he smashes a racket, and then he looks like he doesn't care, and he, and he does an underarm serve, and then he's playing shots between his legs. The, but the guy can win the big points. He never really got on a, any roll last night. He normally, he normally see him at least in one set um, serve serve um, as well as anyone but um, yeah last night he really fought to the end it was, and it was really nice I thought what he said at the end he said you know I wish people could understand what was going on in my head and he said I thought I was just going to cop shit quote unquote if I lost this match and um, but he got there in the end it, but he looked really really tired towards the end of the match so how he pulls up I don't know yeah, the poor old umpire. She seemed a little bit out of her depth uh, last night with that conversation. And, and I think he had a point with, with the lets because uh, there is there is some, you know, there's obviously restrictions going around. You can't have all the umpires on the court looking at, at lines and, and different things, mm. and they've got to rely heavily on technology. But the one thing that really impressed me was something you just mentioned there was how he fought and fought hard because when he got to the fourth set and this young Frenchman had a break and it just looked like it was all gone, he just clawed his way back. He did. And, and the young Frenchman too was really, really nervous. This was, would have been one of the biggest wins of his career. So, um, and it was sort of, it was sort of like who was going to take the, um, the, the key points here. And they both played some really poor shots on a number of occasions, but I think Nick just won, won in the end with experience and he hung in there and the Aussie crowd got behind him. And it's really, really good to see him do that. And, um, you know, I think the Australian public have always wanted to really like Nick Curious and um, he's giving him a lot of reasons now to do that. Yeah, Bernard Tomic's hard to like, though, still. I know you made an early prediction months ago that he'd be heading off out of the Australian Open after doing a donut on Santa Court. He almost did, didn't he, metaphorically? He did, mate. He's probably in his little Toronto now going back to the Gold Coast. But, um, yeah, it's just disappointing. You know, he he got through the first round because the guy was injured and and he just played poorly. He was underdone. Um, But, yeah, that's Tomic. I wish he just would have left the court and not said anything. But he, no, he had to have a go at John John Fitzgerald, who was one, was one of our greats, and uh, it's just really, really poor form from him. Yeah, and of course Fitzgerald was critical of him, but Fitzgerald was his Davis Cup captain who brought him mm. in as a 17-year-old, and a decade later, it's been a very underwhelming career for Bernard Tomic. A bit of cricket, Jimmy Anderson, just unbelievable. He's like an old red, isn't he? A Barossa and red. He's just getting better and better. And Dave Warner, well, this, this groin injury, you said it could cause uh, mm. a, a real problem for him, and it looks like it is. Yeah, I, th- I think it will, mate. It's a really, really tough one at his age to, to overcome. But Jimmy Anderson, this is a sort of a, a year in cricket where I think records are going to be broken. You saw India win at the Gabba. We hadn't lost there since, I think, 1983, and India beat us there. Now, India haven't lost in Chennai uh, for 23 years, and and the Poms got up uh, playing really, really well. Obviously, Joe Root, as we said, got 200 in the first innings and battered really well, but... 
the evergreen, um, Jimmy Anderson, uh, taking three for, I think it was 11 in the second innings with reverse swing, bowling Shub McGill out and then taking two other wickets. And uh, look, the guy's taken over 600 test wickets now and he doesn't look like stopping. So Jimmy Anderson, what, what, one of the greats for England. Yeah, there was one really cracking over there that they reckon was one of the best overs in, in Test cricket. And what about Warner? He's not going to be able to play any of the shield. That that groin's still a problem. Yeah, he needs to have a good rest, I think, and uh, and hopefully come back and get it right for the Ashes because uh, as we saw this series um, in Australia against India, we need him. So he needs to, I think, take some time off, get that groin right and uh, and get back hopefully to his best. Well, Shano, put your sweatbands on your arms, put your sweatband on your head, put your zinc on. We're going to talk to <laughs> Jaslyn Hewitt. We're going to unstitch all the tennis coming up on Afternoon Sports. Afternoon sport. Well, I'll tell you what, I got sleep in my eyes and I'll be there all day because I was watching Nick Kyrgios. Jaslyn Hewitt joins us, Shano, and uh, it was it was quite a match. It was quite a match. And uh, yeah, Nick got the biscuits in the end, but he didn't do it easy, did he, Jazz? He won in five sets and um, there were blow ups and there was uh, uh, mood swings, but uh, he got the job done in the end. Yeah, it was a fantastic match last night, seeing it go into the fifth set there and deep in the fourth set, all the entertainment and action going on with Nick uh, having issues with the let call there with his serve. He was getting a lot of aces going down, but unfortunately all the machines that are actually making the line calls at the moment uh, were going against him. So you had the uh, chair umpire have to come down and test the let machine to make sure it was really working. Yeah, and, and it didn't look like it was working properly to be honest and we did see the umpire come down and and she tested it all um she looked a little overwhelmed by the whole process too uh, didn't she she really didn't know what to come back and say to him no it is pretty daunting when players are in the heat of action and then how how forthright and forthcoming they are and especially a personality like Nick Kyrgios out there when when it is such a tight match and that's where the umpires actually have to understand the flow of the match and the feelings and passion of the players while they're out there it was fun to watch actually um the the young Frenchman Herbay he was sort of he's only 22 years of age and you could really sense that that this was his chance to beat to beat a serious player in, in Nick Kyrgios, but um, it didn't work out for him, and, and he got there. What what I found um, also really intriguing was what what Nick said at the end. I think it will endear him to the Australian public. He said he would love everyone to know what was going on in his head out there, <laughs> which which I found quite 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 funny. Yeah, as as athletes, you're out there in the tennis and you're all by yourself. So there's a lot of conversations that are keep going over in your head. And, and uh, I mean, I would love to know what was actually going through his head if he was uh, fighting with himself to stay out there because we know that he doesn't always enjoy being out on court. But I think uh, having the crowds there and it's such a phenomenal uh, experience for the players, again, to be able to play in front of crowds. I mean, it is tough for uh, Nick playing against a Frenchman. Typically the French don't always have the biggest hearts. And so it was great to see Hugo um, actually get through and go to the fifth set against him. Yeah, he's an extraordinary talent. And uh, look, uh, he made me feel good about myself, Nick, because I've got a few voices going on in my own head sometimes. Feels like I'm having my own party. <laughs> but uh, like the way that he just comes out with one-liners, he, he's, he's compelling to watch. All right, Ash Barty, a very different type of tennis player. She's our world number one. Boy, oh boy, she looked in a hurry. Six love, six love, bang. 
yeah, she was very convincing in her first round. Uh, she's basically unstoppable out there. So she even finished off uh, the, the match with a couple of aces as well, which was great to see. Her next round, she's got uh, Dasha Gavrilova, another Australian there. So this is going to be uh, an interesting match. Um, you've got uh, Nicole Pratt that's been doing some work with Dasha down in Melbourne. So uh, Nicole Nicole knows a lot of the Australian women, so it'll be interesting what tact Nicole plays within this match and and how much supporting she does. Um, But Ash was unstoppable, really, so all the cards are on Ash's favour. And uh, old Tomic didn't disappoint, and by that I mean uh, by not giving it to to John Fitzgerald. He he played poorly, a very bad game, and then as he left the, um, the court, gave it to one of our greats in John Fitzgerald. Yeah, so Bernard got smashed by uh, Dennis Shapovalov. Dennis is a, an outstanding up-and-coming player that's coming through the ranks. And Bernard's comments about uh, John Fitzgerald, about his commentary skills, but if you actually look at uh, – what John has actually done for the sport with Davis Cup here in Australia. He's won six ATP titles. Tomic's only won four at this stage. And uh, John Fitzgerald's won all of the Grand Slams in doubles. So um, I think it's it's a tough swipe from Bernard, especially when you did see his effort out there and it probably wasn't up to scratches, especially in that first set. It was a little bit better in the second set, but um, losing so convincingly uh, to Shapovalov was very disappointing. Yeah, Shane's prediction that he was going to leave the joint doing a, a hotted up burnout in his Tirana is probably pretty close to the mark. Now, Isla Tomjanovic, she's, uh, she's a model-looking statuesque and brilliant, and she took Simona Halep all the way. Yeah, Isla just lost in three sets against Simona, so she really pushed her. 7-5 in the third set, so it can't get any closer. Isla's had some really good runs of uh, on the board, but unfortunately she still hasn't made that breakthrough in any Grand Slam. So hopefully this is going to give her that little bit of confidence to be able to push Simona Halep uh, so deep that she can then back it up against in the, the further tournaments this year. Jazz, any other matches of note? Uh, we've got Sam Stoza who beat uh, fellow Aussie Destiny Aiva in the first round, 6-4, 6-4. She now comes up against Jessica Pegula. Um, this this draws opened up for Sam uh, quite significantly. Pegula beat Victoria Azarenka in the first round. So Victoria was 5-2 up against her um, and ended up having two injury timeouts and being able to take off the court. Uh, in the press conference, Victoria's actually uh, let it rip a little bit, um, just being questioned about why she was having the injury timeout. So it must have been something quite personal mm. for her to actually be taken off the court and really blowing up in the press conference and not wanting to talk about it. Yeah, it was pretty hard to watch Joanna Conta as well, wasn't it? When uh, with that injury and the um, the abdominal injury, uh, like and we, like this this does make me feel for a lot of them when they go through that quarantine. And she's such a hard wor- worker um, to to have to retire in that manner. She was so distraught. Yeah, I would love to see the actual stats. I'm not a hundred percent which who were those seventy two players that were in the quarantines and just seeing how how they actually pulled through and the the data on the injuries from coming out of this quarantine isolation with those players. We always knew that it was going to be a possible issue, and uh, we're just hoping that the financial implications for them to you lose first round, you're taking home a hundred thousand. It's actually going to help. I think you're going to find this uh, this tournament with with the the uh, the lead up and the preparation. There will be a few um, a few hiccups and, and a few upsets, I think. And um, even the Joker lost a couple of sets last night. 
Yeah, he did. And, and this is the first time in the first few rounds of a Grand Slam that he's actually dropped a set. So he was quite uncomfortable out there against Francis Tiafoe. Uh, he actually got uh, quite involved with the crowd. There was a couple of rowdy supporters out there and uh, really giving it to Djokovic. So it was good to see him actually get fired up. So he's not having it all his own way out there. But uh, one of our other Aussies that did a fantastic job was Alexi Popperin. He actually beat David Golf in the uh, number 13 seed, uh, six three in the fifth after saving four match points. So the New South Wales boy there, Alexi, was doing an amazing job and he uh, plays Lloyd Harris today. Uh, and Kyrgios plays Dominic Team. So much fascination around him, Kyrgios, because I think everyone really believes that he is top-notch and has got the ability. And we saw that when he came through as a young boy. Well, he wasn't a young boy, but he was very young. They were through Wimbledon, uh, through Wimbledon rather. He has this opportunity to do something here. How do you think you'll go against him? Team has been unstoppable in his first round and he's, he is looking very well. However, uh, it really depends if Nick pulls up okay after the big five-setter last night and he has a day off today so it'll be great for him to get some good recovery in and uh, no it's definitely going to be an interesting match with the flair of Nick and and the patience of team and the way team plays it's an interesting combination and it will be a great matchup. Yeah I couldn't agree more and let's have you go as well he he looked a little bit uh, underdone I think on Nick he's um he was really sucking him in there um in in the fifth set but uh fingers crossed and uh anyway but a pretty good day for, for, for quite a few of the Aussies. Yes, definitely. And um, one more to watch today is the uh, Battle of the Greeks. So the Nasi yes. Kokonakis will play uh, Stephanos Tsitsipas. Um, it's going to be a fantastic uh, match there. Kokonakis, you could see how much winning his first round uh, at the AO after not being able to win around there since 2015. He's been hampered with injuries, glandular fever, um, and he was actually crying on the side of the court. So you can actually see how much being back out on court and competing means to these athletes. Yeah, you got a lovely message from Roger Federer. I think that most of these guys all realise what injury can do. Tanasi Kokonakis in tears wearing that $6 Kmart shirt because <laughs> that's part of what's happened. That's yeah. a, that's part of what's happened, isn't it? Because you, you lose sponsorship when you're not playing. So, uh, look, we wish him all the best. Jazz, we will talk early next week as it all hots up. It, it's compelling viewing. Yeah, it's fantastic to see the tennis back out there and, and a few more late nights in front of the TV. Yeah, get some sleep when you can, Jazz. Thanks again. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, boy, oh boy, there's been drama at Collingwood. Eddie's gone, Sam Newman says it's wrong. Let's talk to Corey soon. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com As a professional sports person, I knew the value of a good coach. And being a business owner is no different. With the Business Coach from Growth Workshop, you can build the business you've always dreamed of. A valuable business that runs by itself. If you need to take control of your future with a winning strategy, Growth Workshop specialises in improving your cash flow, developing sales and marketing strategies to drive revenue, and getting those ideas out of your head into an action plan. Growth Workshop will help you develop a business plan and achieve your financial goals with regular guidance from our experienced team. Whether you want to drive revenue with a new marketing strategy or put the right team and systems in place, we'll help you free up from the day-to-day and allow you to grow your business. We can help. Get in touch with Growth Workshop Business Coaching at growthworkshop.com.au to book in for your no-obligation strategy session. Growth Workshop, turning your good idea and hard work into a valuable asset. 
Always enjoy this. Corey McKernan, two-time Premiership player with the Kangaroos. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you going? Corey, uh, what were your thoughts on the whole Eddie Maguire saga? She's certainly a saga. Like, I, I don't know. I think my overwhelming feeling, knowing how much Ed's done for the game, mm. I think it's actually pretty sad for the game of footy. I think he put his hand up. He knows he's mucked up a few times. I think there's probably over the journey, that's maybe on this occasion, there's maybe been one misstep too many. But I'll tell you what, like if, if the amount of good that Eddie's done for the game, I know he had the press conference the other day. I even know from a personal level, whenever you ask Ed or contact Ed, he's all willing, always willing to help. And I just think it is, at the end of the day, it's it's footy's lost that you've got someone as passionate as that. I, said, I think I said to you guys, if I, if I had a draft of what I'd want my president to be, to be like, mm. now I know everyone wants to jump on my comments and go, oh, well, look what he does wrong. Well, you know what? I'd maybe, sometimes I'd probably cop a bit of that because if I had someone like that at my footy club, that gave a shit as much as what Eddie Maguire does, mate, I, mm. I, I'd be happy. I'd be more than happy that he he doesn't get paid for the job and the, like even the, the toll that it'll probably take on his family, seeing him get whacked and whatever. I'm, I'm from a suburb that's not too far from Eddie Maguire, so I've always had that sort of bit of kinship with Ed that uh, he's from Broadmeadows. I, I grew up in Gladstone Park, but I played footy of West Meadows, which is where Dane Swan's from. And um, look, I know he's a, he's a boy from Broad Meadows, but I'll tell you what, the amount of good that I think he brings to the game of footy and what he was able to do for the Collingwood Football Club for over 20 years, took him from Victoria Park where they were effectively broke mm. and turned him into a powerhouse of the AFL. Never mind all the – I mean, even uh, you guys – Help me out with Walk With Me. And, you know, I mean, that was something that we did for the Salvation Army. Now, Ed's done that Salvation Army on Christmas Day. They've done that for nearly 20 years. So I know it's a long-winded answer, boys. But, um, look, I, I think it is, at the end of the day, it is a, it is, it is footy's loss. Yeah, well, no, Ed, it's a transparent, honest answer from you from the heart. And it's, it really is an insight to those that don't know, you know, the inner workings and the history there. The problem with Eddie towards the end was it had been 23 years. He is a huge personality with all the hubris and stuff that comes with that. So, um, like, with all the good, he's also going to upset a lot of people along the way. It's just the nature of the beast. Mate, you're 100% right. Who knows over the journey that you upset a few people along the way and and in the end, they all remember that and the people got long memories. And when they get their chance to give you a whack back, well, who knows that this may have happened on this occasion. And we know, as we said, you know, Ed has had a few missteps over the journey. And you know, I mean, when you look back at the Adam Good saga and a few other things like that, that, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was just one thing too many that, that caught up with him in the end. Yeah, and his old mate Sam Newman has come out in support of him. It's very surprising, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, I, I, I think Sam and Ed, and, and you know, I mean, they've been long-time friends and they're fiercely loyal um, to one another. And it's no surprise that, look, Sam's always going to look after his great mate in, uh, in Ed. But, look, uh, as... You know, I mean, not like I'd spoken at different times when he's had to deal with adversity over the journey, and like I've often questioned him, how does he do it? Like I, I think he, he's very good at dusting himself off and going again, and 
who knows what the next reincarnation of Eddie Maguire is going to be. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's called Eddie everywhere. He still works on the football and the coverage. He still has one of the, the most high-profile uh, game shows or you know, quiz shows in TV. So it's not like he's running out of jobs to do old Eddie Maguire, that's for sure. Now, let, let's change tack a bit because, oh, look, this story is going to bubble away and I think the people are going to continue to look at, uh, and look, look historically at it. But once once the football starts going, it, it'll, it'll start to be – Sort of the the focus always realigns to what's happening out in the middle. By by the way, how happy are Richmond? Oh yeah, oh Damien Hardwick. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the, the Tigers they're, they're just sitting there going, "How good is this?" The attention's off us for five minutes. <laughs> Nothing like a good story to knock you off the paper. So yeah, they'd be very very happy about that. But but just on but just on Richmond, um, their AFLW side they've been thrown into a spin because of these latest COVID cases and the changeability it's it's a difficult time isn't it particularly when you come back a cog or i don't mean to say come back a cog in any derogatory derogatory way but it's very new the aflw so it doesn't have all the money and the power that the the men's game has look the one thing is though that they are going to have the benefit of how the afl handled it last year and it's it's they do seem the AFL that and and they did have everything thrown at them last year. I think they're very adept at being able to manage through situations, and and it is the one advantage that the AFL were very good last year at making things happen. And I, look, I just want to see for the girls, and I know that we were going to talk about it, but I think the girls' competitions just come on and in leaps and bounds. But you know what? It's mm. no surprise, like. It's sort of like if you went back to 1897, I'm sure the men's game wasn't the, the flashiest mm. product going around of a mm. new sport. And, you know, I mean, and, and, and all that's happened is that girls have had the benefit of having pre seasons, they've had quality training. You know, I mean, and all of a sudden the product's actually starting to. Oh, it's great. It's, I love it, it. it. It's looking really good. You know, you know what? I just hope they don't do. I just hope they just keep playing pure footy like they are right now, where mm. it's just not this contrived. Um, overcoached type of game that we sometimes see in the, in the in the men's game throughout the home and away season. We don't see it in the finals, thank God. But throughout the home and away season, I don't want to see teams kicking backwards. I don't want to see them slow down in play. I just want to see them just play the game, and that's what the girls are doing great at the moment. That's a really really good point, Corey. And I think we've seen that across a lot of a number of men's sports in the last sort of ten years, where. It seems to be really overcoached. Um, it's 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 over engineered, and um, and the real true essence of, of the sport has gone away. And, and that's the basic skills. And you're exactly right. The girls are doing this in the um, the AFLW. That it's it's the real basic skills. It's the real love of the game, and they're doing the things right. But the game's really pure at this stage. And yeah, I agree, mate. I hope that continues. Yeah, you just hope so. And that's what, as I just mentioned, it's one thing. And now I'm not sure. But, you know, I mean, a lot of the other sports, but I know in the AFL. That's what I love about the final series, that we seem to go back to a pure brand of footy, that mm. it's contested mm. footy. Um, you're kicking the ball a bit longer because the pressure's on. You're not you're not messing around with the ball. And, and such a great brand of footy to watch finals footy because the pressure's on. And you'd you love to see the football like that throughout the – the home and away season, and it's the one thing the girls are doing fantastically at the moment. Yeah, and look, last year's grand final was an absolute case in point of that, wasn't it? Where the cream rose, you know, Dustin Martin looked like he was on another tier because it was there. There was a certain purity. He was scrappy at times, but he just he just showed it, didn't he? When it when it came to just basic 
skills of the game. It is amazing when you you break it down for those that you know, I mean don't get to watch the AFL, but it is amazing that in, in the end the teams that can just really get the ball going their way with a minimal amount of fuss and don't overuse the ball. It's amazing how footy doesn't really change over the years. As much as people try to complicate it during the home and away season, it's amazing once you get to that pointy end of the season that it is a pretty basic game football. Just get it going your way as quick as you can with a minimal minimal amount of fuss. Hey, Corey, just quickly on on the tennis. Um, There was a decent crowd there last night, but the numbers have been down. I I think what people haven't understood is that Generally, the Australian Open is played in January when everyone's on holidays and the kids are on school holidays and the crowds roll in. Um, it's a little bit, little bit tougher now once people are back to work and the kids are back at school, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a, probably a combination of things too. I, I'd imagine people are still confused about you know, I mean, the crowd numbers. And at the end of the day, remember, we're still managing our way through a pandemic. I'd imagine... Yeah. Even as mad as what Melbourne sports fans are, I think a lot of people would still be jumpy about going into crowds and yeah. um, I mean, getting on public. Look, in Melbourne, it's such a huge thing to jump on a tram or jump on a train and, and go to your sporting events. Now, mm. in today's pandemic, you can't actually do that anymore. That is such a huge part of going to the footy or going to sport in Melbourne is leave the car at home or just jump on the tram or jump on the train and, and go into your sporting event. Yeah, and look, for people listening to this podcast who haven't done sport in Melbourne, make it a bucket list thing because you're obviously a sports fan listening to us because when things do calm down, there's nothing quite like it. I, I, I go back to the Commonwealth Games of 2006 and just the way it was a brilliant few weeks down in Melbourne and getting around on the trams and, and just such excitement. Look, just I don't mean to finish on a, on a bad note, but this... Bernard Tomic, like we predicted, well, I didn't predict it, but Shano said, I reckon he'll be doing donuts and driving back to Queensland. I mean, what do you make of him, Corey? Well, I'm in Queensland, so just, Bernie, just stay away from here. <laughs> or or just just go down to the Gold Coast, go down to Cavill Avenue and just drive up and down Cavill Avenue in your, in your hotted up moon car. But um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's unique, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. And he and he got well over hundred thousand well dollars for, for his for his troubles. Corey, good to talk. We'll chat next week. Not a problem, guys. See ya. That's it for afternoon sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes to Jaslyn Hewitt, Corey McKernan. Thank you also to our great sponsors, Shano. It's SpartanSportsHQ.com. Oh, and he just knows how to do it, doesn't he? He's the podcast king. His name is Dan McHugh. Thank you. See you tomorrow, guys. We'll see you then, guys.